0: Boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. I am uh, Tony Visick, and we come to you uh, each week, five days a week at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We are your daily distraction while the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and heapla in the world today. Uh, we come to you on a multitude of platforms, including, but not limited to, Comedy Schools Radio.com, Comedy Schools Radio Network.com, SoundCloud, Mixler, Facebook Live, and Spotify. Ding, ding, that's a whole bunch, that's a whole bunch. Uh, We like to have one platform per listener. Uh, We only go 30 minutes, that's all, uno, dos, tres, that's all we do, 30 minutes, because we don't say any freedom seeds, or insurance, or uh, tell you where to buy your gold, we just uh, like to shoot the bull for like 30 minutes, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, The show uh, has three key elements, and here they are at the end of each show. We recommend one artist or one piece of music based off our vast vinyl album and compact disc collection. Uh, we also usually have some knick-knack or doodad or fallderall or thing of a jig or thing of a bob that we uh, show you visually on Facebook Live and then try to weave a personal story around. The most important part of this show, ladies and gentlemen, are your questions and comments. Generally when they're placed on Facebook Live, that's where I can see them. And then I attempt to answer those questions or comment back and a lot of times, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times, that makes the show far more entertaining than anything comes out of my feeble little skull. So uh, it's Tuesday afternoon, uh, downstairs in the living room on the, on the television. Uh, the last I checked, the um, Capitol riot hearings. Not Capitol Records. Capitol Rights. I wonder if Capitol Records would like to buy the rights to the Capitol Riots. The Capitol Riots on Capitol Records. Now you can listen to the Beatles, Frank Sinatra, and the Capitol Riots, all on Capitol Records. Uh, it's on. Um, I only caught a few minutes of it because it was like a, it was a heavy flow work day for me. Had a lot of work flowing. We were flowing, uh, doing a lot of the uh, a lot of the boring stuff that you have to do. So people go, man, how do you become so damned entertaining, Tone? Well, it's because you also have to do a lot of boring work, contracts and. Promotion and publicity and administrative work. So uh, I was I was pushing through all that today, and just to remind myself that I'm actually 66 and not 56 or 46. I got all geared up for a big 10:30 in the morning uh, meeting uh, that's kind of important to me, and then uh, found out that it's tomorrow. Today is not tomorrow. I'm not saying that today is tomorrow. I'm saying the meeting was tomorrow, and when all. Oh, I thought it was today. no, 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 Mr. Mystic it's tomorrow. So I got a big important meeting tomorrow. Uh, I could be telling you more about that later. So yeah, so the Capitol riots are on. When I was able to go down and look, uh, I saw guys like dressed up like bikers uh, talking to uh, members of Congress, uh, and they're just uh, they're ratting each other out. They're ratting each other. <laughs> Biggest bunch of cheese-eating rats I've ever seen in my entire life. I oftentimes thought that, uh, I'm not talking about all Trump supporters, I'm not talking about all Trump voters, but I've also thought that a lot of the uh, um, Trump uh, supporters uh, had no character whatsoever, and now we just see them ratting each other out, you know, you go, I was right, I was right, there's not a backbone in any of them. Uh, Steve Bannon is probably one of the biggest dumbasses. How that guy made any money, I don't understand. How Steve Bannon, now I do understand that Steve Bannon knew a little bit about money. So let me tell you something, my friends, something I know. Uh, in my travels, in my travails, in my time on terra firma, i made a mistake a lot of people made, which is thinking just because someone's got money, that meant that they were rich, that they were smart or funny. So I know some very wealthy comics who aren't actually funny. They just get a lot of people to write for them. And I know some very wealthy people that people listen to But once you get them outside of knowing how to hustle a few decimal points, they're complete idiots. They couldn't find their ass with a, uh, they couldn't tell the difference between their ass and the hole in the ground. And I think that's the case with Steve Bannon. He sure doesn't know how to uh, control his uh, food intake or how to dress. But he knew how to package deals financially. He'd worked on Wall Street for a while, I think. And he packaged deals in Hollywood. And that's one of the reasons he eats Hollywood so much. Because probably deep inside, he wanted to be James Dean. He wanted to be a movie star. But the best he could ever do is be a money huckster. And he put together uh, financial packaging deals. One of them being for Seinfeld. And that's one of the great agonies and sorrows in human history. That when you watch Seinfeld, when you watch Seinfeld... Any money has been made off of it, a little bit of it is going into pockets of Steve Bannon because he was a financial packager putting groups of investors together and putting together deals to get projects done. And one of them was for Castle Rock Entertainment. Rob Reiner's company, because that's one of the companies involved. And he made sure to cut himself off a little piece. He made sure to get himself a little piece. So that's where his dough comes from. His doesn't come from being creative or intellectual or bright or a deep thinker. It's because he knows how to put a couple things together, and it made him wealthy. But when you listen to him talk and when you look at his actions, you realize that this is um, like many bullies. Like many bullies. No, what makes him stupid, John Con, and John Con stupid is the audacity, the assholeism that he generates running around going, I can't testify because I got executive privilege. That's why he wouldn't uh, uh, testify before Congress. He says, I can't testify because I got executive privilege. And to show you how spineless this bunch is, this was one of Donald Trump's biggest supporters. This was Donald Trump's hype man. This is the guy that every time Donald Trump, he went, that's right, that's right, boss. You know what I think? I think maybe I would like to be president. You go ahead and be president, boss. You're the best, boss. Yo, funny boss. He was a hype man. He was his umbrella man. He was his body man. Running around behind him with an umbrella. Jack Collins says it was worth the shot. (laughs) I know, man. I know. (laughs) And and just the other day, Donald Trump goes, I'm going to waive executive privilege for Steve Bannon. And everybody's going, he didn't have it anyway. I think those two liked each other because they're older men with good hair. Now, I'm going to, I will always give older men with good hair the shadow of the doubt. My friend John Cowan, he is a silver fox, the one who said it doesn't make him stupid. So I always give him the shadow of the doubt. In John Cowan's case, I'm glad. I'm an older man with good hair. So when you first see Steve Bannon, you go, hey, maybe we're related. Or you see Donald Trump go, oh, he's got hair just like me. That ain't enough to vote for the guy. I think what they both have is a a deep love of uh, deep fried donuts in the middle of the night. They both make Elvis Presley look like he was emaciated towards the end of his career. So Donald Trump has thrown Steve Bannon under the bus. There are so many people, listen, if you're waiting for the Trump bus, you might as well make, there's so many people been thrown under right now, including his own daughter. She wasn't really involved when she goes, I I agree with uh, the former Attorney General Bill Barr. Another, another big wasted, big-hair guy. They should change the name of the Republican Party from the down. if they want to cleave off a just Trump-supporting party for the Republican Party, they should call it the uh, uh uh, fat-ass fat fine-hair party. The fat-ass fine-hair party. <laughs> Donald Trump said, I'm going to waive executive privilege people. You know you didn't really have executive privilege to give him. But I'm going to waive it anyway. Well, you didn't really have it. Now, Steve Bannon goes, All right, I'll testify. And Congress goes, Too little, too late. Too little, too late. You mess with the bull, you get the horns. Champ de Blasio says, come on, Tony. Trump looks like a fucking cartoon character with that hair. Bannon does have good hair. All right. Okay. You know what? To each his own. To each his own. Uh, I'm not going to argue with you, Champ, about this. This is not anything I'm going I'm to thumb wrestle anybody over. Come on, let's thumb wrestle. Champ says, uh, Bannon has never looked like he had a good shower. Every time I see him, he looks like someone... Now, this is a quote from a listener. Uh, but I don't disagree with it. Had to take a sh- had to take a shit and decide not to go to the bathroom. And <laughs> John Cohen says the Republicans should make Mitt Romney shave his head. I think if Trump supporters. You know what? I don't agree with almost anything that Mitt Romney um, says since he became since he decided to run for president, he was a, a darn good governor of uh, Massachusetts. I'm not. I have voted for Republicans in the past. I'll have a hard time doing it anytime in the near future. But uh, uh, since Romney had to play to that base, since Romney was the guy who put through something called Romney Care in Massachusetts that became one of the uh, models for uh, uh, Obamacare. And the way that he uh, just pandered that base by fighting against Obamacare, which, by the way, saved my life and members of my family uh, a number of times. Um, it's kind of sad, but that someone like Mitt Romney can come off the way that he does now. I mean, you, look, the guy's always had integrity. As much integrity as you can have when you have to be bending to the will of voters. Because that can make it look like you don't have integrity. I want to say this about Politicians. Politicians have to get elected. And sometimes that means having to bend to the will of voters. Because we are pains in the ass when it comes to that, as voters, we are pains in the ass. If you don't agree with everything I say, I'm not gonna vote for you. If you don't agree with everything, I want, I'm not gonna vote for you. Go, Politicians have no spine. No, a lot of voters have no spine. A lot of voters, because no, with the spine, I don't know if you ever looked at a spine People, they ain't got no spine. I don't know if you're looking at a spine, but it's curved. And it allows you to bend. It allows you to sway. It allows you to go forward and backwards. So it's oftentimes voters that don't have a spine. That being said, uh, Mitt Romney, it's taking a lot of balls. Right, what Mitt Romney's doing has got a lot of balls. But uh, Liz Cheney. How bad is Donald Trump? He makes me like Liz Cheney. I never liked Liz Cheney. I didn't like her father. I didn't like her father you know, years ago when he was in the Nixon administration. Right? But I like Liz Cheney. And if I lived in Wyoming right now, I would be voting for Liz Cheney. But I don't think too many people in Wyoming are. There's not that many people in Wyoming anyway. Six or seven people get together after a fiddling with cows and go, oh, we got to vote. Get off that cow. We got to go vote. Uh, So um, I like Mitt Romney. I love Liz Cheney. Under normal circumstances, I wouldn't vote for them. Um, But uh, you put Mitt Romney against anybody in the Republican Party right now who's going to run for president, including Ron DeSantis. Y'all vote! Ron DeSantis! Ron DeSantis is down there, and if you're a company and you don't agree with him, he will punish your ass. You talk about taking away your freedom of speech. Oh, really? Oh really, you don't agree with my decisions? Oh look, I'm gonna fuck fuck with your taxes. Uh, uh, uh. You don't agree with me? Surprise, surprise, surprise. I'm taking away all your tax breaks. (laughs) Between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis and Mitt Romney, if I was a Republican, I would vote for Mitt Romney in a heartbeat. Uh, Jello Johnny says, Russia, Jello, uh, Johnny Jello, I always call him Jello Johnny. It's Johnny Jello. Says, Russia is threatening global nuclear war, and all we seem to care about is a Cheeto that's out of office. It will take. I will take my corpse, well done. So it goes a little further than that, you know, as uh, people like, um, I'm not going to speak for John Cowan. I know John Cowan, he's a good guy. But uh, it takes people like me and possibly John Cowan and others who got so flipped out over liberal political correctness well the liberals won't let us use nasty words about other races. Oh don't. Once again, I'm not speaking for John. See, The liberals are making it so oh, well Wait a minute, we got to see a lot of people of different colors on TV. Wait a minute, if a man's wearing a dress, we can't get out of the car and kick his ass. How? It took that kind of fear for us, for a lot of people, to vote for people who are now actually taking away our civil rights. We have a bunch of resentment, grievance freaks in the Supreme Court and in Congress that they didn't just take away a a woman's right to choose. They are undoing the concept of the right to privacy. And a lot of the freedoms that you have. If think about this, think about if a liberal governor did not like the stated policies of a company, and so he went to his state letter and said, "Listen, they've had these uh, tax breaks for a long time, and not because, uh, and not because, um, not because uh, uh, we." Uh, we uh need the money and not because um uh, uh, they shouldn't have them but because their uh, uh their policies and their statements go against what we're trying to do we're going to uh we're going to start fucking with their pocketbook republicans would go insane if Gavin Newsom went you know what i don't like uh, disney's policies So I'm going to start shutting down a lot of the tax breaks. And a lot of corporations and companies get tax breaks because uh, the people of certain states and legislatures and politicians and governments go, we want to foster a business environment in our state. We want to grow business. We think this is a good business. We give them tax breaks, tax credits, et cetera. If a liberal did that, Republicans would be losing their mind. But that's what Ron DeSantis is doing. You talk about... You talk about throwing a wet blanket on free speech. Yet he's the guy who wants to be president. Uh, Champ de Blasio says, I don't particularly care for Liz Cheney's policies. No, I don't either. I don't either. But it here's the thing. You got to start getting to. I think. Maybe. I don't know. All right. I don't want another conservative Supreme Court justice in the mold of Clarence Thomas on the United States Supreme Court. And if we elect a Republican president or a Republican Senate, uh, It becomes a Republican Senate next year, a Republican president, we're going to get that. And you will see rights, you will see reasonable rights taken away. And uh, it's already in a breathtaking fashion, in a breathtaking fashion. These are people who, if you followed it for years, they. Uh, it's not that they don't like abortion, they don't like the 20th century. And I've heard them come out and say it. You're talking about electing people that really believe that it's going to be a good idea to push us towards a nuclear war because it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. We're we're living during the times of revelations and we have to do what we can to move it towards that because then God's kingdom will be here on earth. So let's get everybody pissed off throwing nuclear bombs at each other. That's who some of these religious elitist fanatics are. Uh, But... You look at someone Liz Cheney with integrity or you look at Mitt Romney with integrity and go, maybe for the good of the country, I'm gonna pick someone who will stand up to their own party, stand up to their own donors. I don't know, we'll see. I mean, if the if the, if the alternative was was uh, uh, so horrible, you'd have to take a look at it. Um, John Cowan says, come on. Disney was living tax-free in Florida forever. Democrats love to tax big corporations. And Disney is one of the biggest yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. You've got Ron DeSantis running against Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and Goofy You're talking about Goofy and no one was complaining in Florida about a lot of that, a lot of the uh, uh, The uh, legal rules of the business rules that were governing Disney Disney World Jesus Christ They did backflips that anybody would build anything down in that swamp when they put in Disney World in that huckster state. They were doing backflips at Disneyland. Disneyland would think about building a second theme park in Florida where it brings countless jobs and countless people and countless revenues and people from all over the world. Tourism, tax dollars, they were happy. It changed Florida. From a bunch of hillbilly, when I lived in the Midwest, we used to say, "You say, hey, whatever happened to so and so? Because he was passing bad checks. Where'd he go? Oh, you know where he never really went? He went to Florida. Every shameless two-bit trailer park hustler in the Midwest who's got a worn-out for his rest, always he's hightailed it down to Florida and lived in that piss swamp. Now Florida was getting a lot of unfair tax benefits. I mean, if Disney was getting a lot of unfair tax benefits in Florida. That's one thing. But no one brought it up in Florida till they came out and said, we do not support Ron DeSantis' Don't Say Gay Bill. Nobody. 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 bop. Uh, Champ de Blasio says, I will say this about Liz Cheney. If you get into a fight with her, you better pack a lunch. She's a stand-up guy. She is a stand-up guy. She is that, I, you know, I'm not making, there's no gender being made fun of here. Johnny Jello, I got it right for the first time in the history of knowing this very funny young guy. Johnny Jello says, I think we should take Lewis Black's advice and vote for a dead guy. Uh, I like Lewis Black. I think he's a funny guy. Uh, I actually shared a stage with, I didn't, I opened for Lewis Black. I always liked him when comics go, he shared the stage with such comics as Louis C.K., Louis Black, Louis Nye, and sang Luai, Luai. You never share a stage unless you're both on stage at the same time doing an act together. You have to be out on the stage either before or after them. Um, But I uh, opened for Louis Black down at what was called the Dodge Theater in Pahenix many years ago. Um, But I never really viewed him as a great... um, he He was a playwright who thought maybe, you know, he could do stand-up comedy as a way to maybe support himself while he wrote his plays. Very funny guy. I don't look at him as a great uh, political uh, pundit. He's just somebody who could um, emulate the uh, populist rage, the uh, rage of the impotent, as I often call it, that a lot of people uh, feel. Uh, John Con says, you mean like Amazon? I don't, you know. Uh, look, I mean, we could, get, we could go down to that rabbit hole all day. You mean like Amazon? No, I don't mean like Amazon. I'm talking about one particular thing here, John. I'm talking about Disney was Christ come down off the cross to the state of Florida till they came out and said, you know, most of our employees and shareholders are opposed to this, don't say gay bill. So we're going to say maybe uh, Governor DeSantis, you shouldn't sign that. And then he went, oh yeah? Oh yeah? You think I'm being mean to gay people. Wait till you see what I do to your duck. I'm going to fuck Donald Duck. In that particular instance, we've seen something. Uh, um, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you know, uh, as we all choose up sides here, everyone saw us, we're all choosing up sides. We're all in our respective trenches. One day, we're all, some of us are going to look up and go, all right, I like my side, but the guy who's running this particular foxhole is fucking insane. So... Uh, uh, <laughs> My lawyer must be concerned about the tone and tenor of the show because he just threw in a total non sequitur. It makes sense. He goes, I saw Ann Margaret on the street in Vegas one time. I shared it with her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey boy. You know what? You know what? I would, I would, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a pass on that one, Lauren. I'm going to give you a pass on that one. My lawyer, Lauren, once shared a street with Ann Margaret. That's a way to open a conversation. I got a lawyer. When shared a street with Anne-Margaret. And that's why you should not prosecute me. All right, uh, I just woke up and went on a rant. I just used up 23 minutes of your time just ranting away. Let me tell you some other fun stuff that's going on right now. Uh, ba-ding, 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 Thursday. Thursday, ladies and gentlemen, Thursday. A kind of cool thing going on at J.P.'s Comedy Club. Always cool things going on at J.P.'s Comedy Club. Where I'll be tonight uh, running an advanced comedy workshop. But Thursday night, uh, one of my oldest and dearest friends in the world of comedy. One of my oldest and dearest friends in the world of comedy. Kurt Matthews will be headlining five shows, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, One show Thursday, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. I've known Kurt since the 80s. We've spent time um, on the road together. Uh, He helped give me a start in my current business. Uh, He's a great guy, an extremely funny guy. If you're looking for something fun to do this weekend head on down to J.P.'s, and afterwards, so Kurt Matthews, Tony Visek sent you. I'm going to stop down. I'm going to make a special trip on a night off and go down and see. i got kind of a weird schedule for a guy in the comedy business because my schedule kind of goes um, Sunday through Thursday with Friday and Saturday off. Maybe it's because you suck. No, that's not why. Okay? Stop saying that. I'll sell you if I want. No. No, you won't. You know what? If you say that, I'm taking away your tax breaks. Um, and then uh, Thursday night uh, out here in The Roost, A scene on Bar Rescue on John Wayne Parkway, Pilgrim. Uh, We've got Tara Shakespeare. Tara Shakespeare, one of the funniest of the white-hot local Phoenix comedy scene. Uh, And I say white-hot instead of red-hot because when it comes to heat, if you're heating up a piece of metal, white is hotter than red, and it's not anything to do with race, color, or creed. I'm just talking about the level of heat, all right, in case anybody loses their mind. Don't lose your mind. we got Tara Shakespeare in the whole uh, J.P.'s Comedy Club, ComedySchools.com gang, start at seven o'clock live local fun and free always fun at the roost and then sunday night sunday night i will be back i'll be at the roost on thursday i'm going to be at jp's on friday sunday night i'm going to be at jp's where i am hosting the funniest comic in the valley round five we're getting down to it now we're picking our semi-finalists if you're in the greater phoenix area looking for something to do on sunday besides go to church and go to a drugstore and that's about all there is to do in this he uh, and if you go in this heat too long, you will definitely be praying to God and then go to a Drugstore to get medicine for heat stroke uh, Don't do any of that come into the nice cool environs of JP's Comedy Club and check out the funniest comic in the valley You got all that going on for you um, My I'm almost out of time My I'm almost out of time Don Shell said uh, I shared Bush Stadium with Stan Musial. Yeah, 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 you know um, I once shared a Staples Center with LeBron James me and LeBron. Me and LeBron. Um, okay. So uh, let's get to the music. I always promise that at the end of each 30 minutes that we will uh, recommend one artist and one piece of music over a vast vinyl album, the compact disc collection. I hold here in my hand, ladies and gentlemen, an incredible LP that comes to me courtesy of my, uh, I say my stepdaughter. She's my daughter, Stephanie. Okay. Stephanie uh, from her record collection. Uh, she's uh, lent out some of them. This is, you can't see it on Spotify or any of the, um, the podcast, but if you're looking at Facebook Live, this is Chuck Berry's greatest hits featuring Memphis, Maybelline, and Johnny B. Good. Now, I don't know exactly what year this LP came out, but it is on Chess Records. So this is an original, man. This is an original. This was put out, hmm, from chess that gave us so many great early rock and rollers and blues musicians this is a chess lp it's got the chess logo on it all right almost legendary as sun records chuck berry's greatest hits it was a repackaging of chuck berry's music and just give you an idea this isn't all of his hits this is some of his hits and some that we've forgotten about on this of course is rollover beethoven This is music that changed the world. Elvis and Chuck Berry changed the world. Musicians like Chuck Berry helped integrate America because when they tried to keep the white kids and black kids apart, musicians like Jerry Lee Lewis, that's kind of weird, but Jerry Lee Lewis changed the world because when they tried to keep the white kids and black kids apart in auditoriums, musicians like Little Richard changed the world change the world, because they put up that rope, you know, uh, in my lifetime, they put up a rope on the center of an auditorium, or down a part of an auditorium, and say the black people sit over here, and the white people sit over here, and they better not mix. Uh, the music was so infectious, so wild, and so affected people, they got up and they danced with one another. Chuck Berry is one of those, "Roller Beethoven was one of those songs. On this album's Roll Over Beethoven school days, rock and roll music, uh, too much monkey business. Johnny, be good. That is, um, man. That is, that's almost like church. Oh, baby doll, a minor hit. On side two, a uh, brown-eyed handsome man, which I love. Thirty days, sweet little sixteen. Uh, Memphis, Maybelline, and today's musical recommendation is Nadine. So, if you ask people to name a couple Chuck Berry songs, a lot of people can name a couple. They can mention Rollover, Beethoven, and uh, Sweet Little Sixteen. Uh, they can do that, and uh, and rock and roll music, and Johnny B. Good, but Nadine was also a fantastic hit. Different tempo, different style than uh, Roll Over Beethoven and uh, Sweet Little Sixteen and Johnny B. Good, but just a cool, smooth, nasty rock and roll melody. Hey Nadine, honey, is that you? Chuck Berry could say more, but the way he bent a word than most people could reading 20 pages of a speech. So, Chuck Berry, Charles Chuck Berry, from my hometown, St. Louis, Missouri, is our musical recommendation for the day, and the song, Nadine, is uh, the particular single that we're going to recommend to you. Uh, producer Shirley will have it up in the, um, in the text in just a few minutes, and then all you have to do is click and go, wow, this guy did have a lot of great songs. All right, that's our show for the day. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. I'm going to be back tomorrow. Remember, tell your friends to subscribe to us on Spotify. Subscribe on Spotify, Living on a Thin Line. We'll be back tomorrow with more thrilling tales from yesteryear right here on Living on a Thin Line.